0: hey guys welcome back to my channel so on today's episode i wanted to talk a little bit about the topic of fashion and how fashion could be used by individuals with autism as a means to camouflage and mask so let's get into today's topic I wanted to preface this by saying fashion, by all means, could simply just be a form of self-expression. Not everyone who has a passion for fashion. I did not mean to rhyme, you guys does so in order to camouflage and does so in order to mask. You could genuinely love fashion, your fashion taste could change throughout time depending on your growth as a person, and it's not an indication of whether you may or may not have ASD. These videos are not by any means a way where you could diagnose yourself or to say, just because I relate to what Irene talks about must mean I have autism. As people, we are very nuanced. I'm sure there's a lot of holistic people out there who are going to relate to my videos. I'm sure there's a lot of autistic individuals who will not relate to any of my videos, but watch my content or listen to my content with that self-awareness and discernment to know whether or not these traits are just your own personal traits or if these traits can be an indication as to whether or not you may or may not have autism, ADHD, and or other things. Do your research regardless of what you do. Try to seek out a professional's input and their advice. Get assessed. Get the treatment that you deserve. So what made me think about this topic, what made me want to talk about this topic today is, the other day I was for some reason looking through old photos of myself and I don't really know what elicited me to do this because I don't usually do this because I feel this deep sense of disassociation and disconnect whenever I see old photos of myself. I think a part of it has to do with autism, yes, but also some of it may have to do with the fact that in different cycles of my life, I had built and created this very specific perception of myself visually at that time to camouflage and fit in. And so when I naturally grow out of that person because I'm now put into different environments, when I look back at that person from who I am today, I feel like such a deep sense of disconnect to a point where I don't recognize that girl as myself. I almost see it as another individual. I feel like when I see myself, let's say in pictures of myself in high school, I honestly see it as this is another person, who is she? Let me know if any of you guys relate to that. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that as a woman who went majority of her life undiagnosed, I was subconsciously using fashion, my appearance, makeup, and all of these visual cues as a means to try to inform others as to what type of person I was, but that person wasn't an accurate representation of who I was. It was like I had calculated what I wanted others to perceive me as. It was like an equation in my mind. I made my hair look a certain way. I dressed a certain way so that others can perceive me in the way that I wanted them to in order to make me feel safer, in order to make me feel like I could fit in a lot easier and to ultimately make others feel more comfortable. It's almost like a survival instinct. And I'm sure a lot of women and other girls out there can watch videos like this and be able to relate to some extent. And if I find statistics, I'll enter it here, but a lot of women and girls go largely undiagnosed or misdiagnosed when it comes to autism because we have such a propensity to camouflage so effectively. And just because you can camouflage effectively does not mean you don't have autism. A lot of the time, psychiatrists and medical professionals will see a girl or a woman who can camouflage really well and use that as a means to tell them that they are not autistic because if they were, they they can't camouflage to that extent. I personally went through this when I first talked to my old psychiatrist about the fact that I thought that I was autistic. She flat out told me that I would not be able to look the way I look, I would not be able to dress the way I dress I would not be able to do my interior design the way it looks if I was truly autistic and that autistic individuals are not able to make things visually pleasing she had like a specific word for it I'm not sure if it was EQ or something but she said that autistic individuals have low EQ they don't know what's in fashion they don't know what is aesthetically pleasing or how to emulate it and autistic individuals most of the times make fashion faux pas are nerdier things like that. She used that very trait to discount my autism and here we are today. I was officially diagnosed with level one autism by another professional. A part of me getting to know my autism on a deeper level is realizing the amount that fashion and how I look visually has impacted my life, how I used it to camouflage, how I used it to mask ultimately. And I kind of wanted to dissect this topic a little bit more because I think it's a very interesting topic that we need to start talking about because it does affect people like me, it does affect other women out there with autism. When it comes to trying to seek a diagnosis or just trying to come to terms with their autism, it can honestly affect us in a way where we feel like our autism is not valid or is less valid depending on how we look and depending on how we dress and things like that and so this is a very nuanced topic that I wanted to discuss today and And I just wanna say that regardless of what I say and what people may comment on the comment section down below, I want us to all respect each other, I want us to all have open minds, and to have an open dialogue, and know that everyone's experiences are different. And if any of you relate to my experience, I am very very happy to have you on my video, and I hope that I can make you feel less alone by talking about my experience. If this video is relatable to you in any capacity, feel free to watch this video with a loved one so that they can start to understand your experience as a person with autism more and more. And that goes for any of my videos, right? I know sometimes it could be hard to explain your experience to others and sometimes it's hard for your loved ones to understand with perspective that what you go through is actually a lot more common than they may think it is. I'm going to insert pictures of myself in different aspects of my life that I'm going to be talking about on today's subject. I kind of want to start in the beginning of when I began to use fashion as a form of masking and camouflaging. I noticed when I looked at pictures of myself when I was younger that I liked to wear a lot of costumes and I noticed that I liked wearing costumes even in situations where it wasn't appropriate. So let's say kids like to wear costumes at home or during Halloween, things like that. But for me, I like to wear costumes all the time. Like I would wanna wear a costume to school. I would wanna wear a costume to my birthday party. And for me, it was like an authentic way to express myself at the time. I feel like anytime I felt like I just wanted to feel as if I was in a specific story in my mind, I wanted to dress as that character. And a lot of the times I also wore swimsuits in inappropriate times. So I would wear swimsuits to just walk around the house. I would want to wear swimsuits out to public just to go to the grocery store, things like that. I didn't know that swimsuits were only supposed to be worn when you went out to the beach or to the pool, things like that. I just remember so much of the time I would wear something and my mom would tell me that what I was wearing was not appropriate for the occasion. And so that's kind of like my... experience with fashion as a young girl. As I started to become more and more conscious of social cues and social normities, which was kind of around middle school and 6th grade, and some of you may know this based off of my video in the past talking about signs of autism and autistic traits in my childhood, I kind of ended that video saying that as I grew into 6th grade and onward, I started to get a lot more socially aware, not in a sense where I understood but in a sense where I became aware that I was just not fitting in and that I didn't understand what was going on. It's like I became aware that there were these social normities and cues but that I just couldn't identify them and I couldn't figure out how I fit in there. I couldn't even begin to fathom how to fit in there. Middle school was a very hard time for me because I hadn't caught on to how to fit in yet but I was becoming aware of the fact that I wasn't fitting in anywhere and so that's kind of that limbo place that a lot of people sometimes find themselves in and it's a really torturous place so my heart goes out to anyone out there who finds themselves in this State of limbo of just having to deal with an issue that impacts you very deeply, but not knowing what to do about it yet. And I just remember feeling extremely lost and alienated and lonely, but not knowing how to remedy that. This is kind of the time where I started to notice that within these clicks that I started to see forming, especially clicks of women, the girls that were my age, dressed a certain way, and I noticed that how you looked was very important. How you looked, how you dressed, affected how others perceived you, affected how others treated you. And so from that age, I noticed that your social standing has a lot to do with your superficial appearance, not only your friends, so let's say other girls, but also how boys perceived you. And so I started to learn the importance of fashion in general, the importance of your appearance in general. I think around this time, I started to experiment with fashion in the confines of what was normal, but also I was dressing in a way where I was wanting to pick out things that resonated with me. So I was wearing normal clothes, but I was also choosing clothes that I found myself extremely attracted to. Whether that was like a certain pair of jeans or a certain t-shirt that had graphics on it that I thought was so interesting. I was kind of dressing still as an authentic form of expression, but also to fit in. And that started to evolve a little bit more when I grew into high school. This part is pretty interesting. So moving into high school, think about the context here. There's people going through puberty. There's a lot of hormones. High school and middle school is honestly very, very freaking hard, especially for individuals that are autistic because... Honestly, like kids are mean and there's cliques that are forming. There's people that are scared to be themselves and they shun others for whatever reasons that are just personal issues. High school and middle school were extremely hard for me. I found myself eating in the library by myself a lot of the times because I just didn't have a group that I fit into. And I didn't feel like I could naturally weasel my way into a group and become a part of that group. And so I found myself, you know, wandering my way to the library at lunch and just kind of hiding in a little corner, hoping that no one would notice me and hoping that no one would think that I was lonely or less than for being alone and wishing that lunch would just end already so that I could go to class and seem like a normal person. Anyways, back to the topic. When I was in high school, I started to insert myself into sports more because I've always been athletic. For me, finding a group of friends wasn't a natural experience, but if I were to go join swim team, for example, I could find myself around other peers that had similarities to me and I could hang out with them, be around them. And it wasn't something I had to force or feel like was forced because we would all go to practice together. And it was like a set schedule, for example. When I started to insert myself into a sports team, I noticed that I started to emulate the appearances of the other girls on swim team. And during this time in my life, I had a lot of girls on swim team that were very, very strong personalities. And honestly, this isn't just a thing that happens within this specific group. I feel like this is an experience that at least I've had a lot. And I'm sure a lot of other women out there as well. But cliques, like female cliques are so scary. There's this specific dynamic within female cliques, especially as like kids and teenagers that is so scary so confusing and very mean-spirited there was just always those one or two girls that were establishing themselves as like the leaders they were the ones who were calling the shots setting the tone the ones that would take jabs at you the ones that would kind of pick on that one specific girl which most of the time was me i noticed that as i inserted myself into this little female group in my swim team not only was emulating my fashion to be like them, but I was also emulating a specific character within this group that was someone that was just kind of like the ditzy girl who didn't know what was going on, that's not intimidating, that was just going to play everything off, laugh everything off in hopes of someone not picking on me. I remember thinking at this time how I looked was very very important because the girls that just so happened to be like the leaders of the group the ones that everyone else looked to in order to follow so happened to be the prettiest girls and they would make a lot of microaggressions make a lot of comments towards other girls in the group that had physical flaws or fashion faux pas and make it seem like they're less than because of it and so I I learned during this time in my life that if you didn't miss a beat when it comes to your appearance, it means that you are more readily accepted by society, you're more readily accepted by groups, peers but also others are going to respect you more. And so that's something that I learned in the first few years of high school. As I got older and as you know, people my age were getting more sexually active, things like that, I noticed that fashion started to evolve in a way where How attractive you make yourself look and how desirable you make yourself look affects how others perceive you. If someone's attracted to you, they're more likely to listen to what you have to say. They're more likely to give you their time and effort. And, On the other end of the spectrum, people who see others respecting you and wanting to give you their time are naturally gonna feel the same way about you. Like, oh, if Irene gets attention from these types of people, that means she is worthy of your time and attention. So I'm gonna want to give her time and attention too. This is kind of like the inner workings of an autistic mind. Like all of these social interactions are analyzed by us in a very objective almost like mathematical way. Indirectly I learned let's say 11th through 12th grade that how attractive you are not only earns the respect of the opposite sex but also earns the respect of other women like your other peers and so I noticed that as I started to grow into my later teens, that I started to really prioritize how attractive I looked. I started to really care about my hair, my weight, the way my body looked, the way I dressed, my makeup, stuff like that. And I felt like I couldn't leave the house if I wasn't first attractive. And I felt like this because if I left the house without managing my appearance, I feel like how others treated me wasn't something I could predict because I didn't know whether or not I was attractive to this person. And so it was kind of like a way to control how I knew others would react to me and how they would perceive me because I knew I was going to get specific reactions every time if I knew I looked a certain way. Does that make sense? And this carried over into college, but it started to morph because I got another layer of reactions. And let me get into that really quick. Throughout high school, How attractive you are is generally a good experience. It generally elicits good reactions from other people. But when I started going to college and during this time, I was commuting like three hours a day to and from the city. And during this time, my fashion was kind of the same. I tried to dress as attractive as possible. But the difference is I started to get sexually harassed a lot, sometimes assaulted. And this really, really started to shift my perspective as to how I wanted to make myself appear. I found myself having like contradicting feelings because I felt confident depending on how attractive I looked. But my safety was also being threatened because of how attractive I made myself look. I was being stalked. I was being followed. I was being harassed you know, all of these very traumatic experiences. And during this time, because of these contradicting feelings, I found myself not being able to express myself as smoothly as possible through my fashion. I couldn't wake up in the morning and dress the way I wanted to anymore because I had to think about how do I make myself feel confident through my appearance, but how do I also do that without getting harassed and sometimes assaulted. Those things don't really go hand in hand a lot of the times. As I started to experiment with those contradicting concepts, I began to cover up my body a lot more. So I would go to school in jeans and like a huge trench coat, for example, because I reached a point where these experiences of being stalked, harassed, and assaulted was so traumatic that I just didn't want to experience that anymore. So I went through a phase where I covered up my body. I covered up my face. I tried not to be perceived by others, but I would still get harassed. I remember there was one particular time where I was walking back from my class to BART at night and I was wearing a huge trench coat and jeans and a hat, and I did not look attractive at all. This man followed me for blocks, harassing me, asking me for my number, and when I kept telling him respectfully to leave me alone, he started to threaten me. He started to insult me and continue to follow me and berate me, all the way to Bart. And that experience was extremely, extremely scary and traumatic. Through those experiences, I realized it's not about what I dress in, what I do and don't wear, what I show don't show. I could literally just step out of the house and I will still be harassed and assaulted and stalked regardless of how I look to other people. And that thought was almost just as scary as being in total control of what you look like and what you dress as. Because it's scary to know that no matter what you do, you don't know what's gonna happen to you. You know, I kind of went through that phase for a while of just trying to cover up my body as much as possible as a result to PTSD from all of these experiences that kind of goes into this subtopic of fashion and how fashion is either used as an authentic self-expression or as a means to perpetuate misogyny. I kind of talked about that in my video of what is female empowerment. This concept of women, we're taught from a young age to just make ourselves as attractive as possible and that your attractiveness directly affects how you are perceived in society and how attractive you are kind of lifts you up on this specific platform of just Others are more open to receiving you, accepting you, perceiving you. It's like you have more of a space in society. You are less likely to be alienated the more attractive you are, but it's also a means to disempower you. It's like a form of empowerment, but also it's, it's very contradicting because how you look and how attractive you are also directly disempowers you through being harassed, stalked, followed, and sometimes assaulted. And so I went through many, many years of just feeling like a deep sense of confliction with how I looked and how I wanted to be perceived and how I wanted to express myself visually because I genuinely felt confident and empowered when i could wear what i wanted but also is it truly empowerment when in my mind not able to wear something that i genuinely wanted to wear if i deemed that appearance not attractive would i still feel just as empowered and the answer to that question is no that's not actual empowerment i should feel empowered regardless of if i left the house in sweats and a hoodie and no makeup than I would leaving the house in a dress and with a full face of makeup. And I went through many years of my life genuinely feeling like I couldn't leave the house and be perceived by others if I wasn't first attractive. And this isn't just for the male gaze. This is honestly just to feel like I'm accepted by society. And I think that's something a lot of men misunderstand a lot of the times is they think that if a woman is trying to dress up and look attractive, it's for them and to be desirable to them. But honestly, it's it's just to feel like as a woman in society, you're gonna be respected and given time and energy. Even if I went out to see a girlfriend or to hang out with a bunch of women, I would still care just as much about how I looked than if I were to go out on a date, you know? And this specific topic touches in not only misogyny, but also racism, internalized racism. I went through a phase where, because of a lot of microaggressions I experienced as an Asian American woman from white people, from other Asian Americans, from other people of color, of just feeling like Asian qualities are less than and unattractive. I found myself trying to gain a sense of acceptance from society and from my peers by assimilating as much as possible into Eurocentric beauty standards. I remember bleaching my hair at an early age. I was literally platinum blonde at some point. I put on such heavy makeup in order to make myself look as Eurocentric as I could. I tried to dress as American as I could. I tried to emulate and feed into certain hobbies and music that was more accepted by american culture i remember when i was little i loved anime but i was made fun of it profusely for it by other people especially asian americans And so i stopped watching anime and reading mangas but regardless of all of these subtopics that this kind of branches out into all of it kind of comes down to the fact that what you look like really affects how others treat you and how others perceive you. And these are things that I consciously and subconsciously really ingested and affect me as a young person, as a young woman. I think even outside of the context of autism, camouflaging, masking, this is a very interesting topic because I think this affects women in general when it comes to how you want to be perceived by others, how you want to look. I see so many women asking questions like this all the time. You know, women saying like, I genuinely love putting on makeup, but At what point am I doing it because I'm relying on it and I feel like others are not going to treat me the same way without makeup? Or at what point do I genuinely accept that this is something I do because I love it and it's as simple as that. That's kind of a concept that I didn't truly start dissecting and seeing the other end of it until COVID happened and we were all quarantined for a while, right? Still some people are quarantined to a certain extent. But I remember when COVID hit and we were all quarantined, I would wake up every day, still put on a full face of makeup, still put on an outfit, stuff like that. But I would just kind of like go on about my day just doing things at home. And then at the end of the day, I would have to wash all that makeup off and I would have to change into sweatpants and my pajamas. And after this happened day after day, I hit a point where I was just like, what is the point of me waking up every morning and spending an hour and a half to get ready if I'm not really gonna go anywhere and no one's gonna perceive it. And I'm just gonna have to go through all that effort to wash all of it off anyways. And makeup is expensive, you know, like foundation is expensive. I was literally using up all that makeup for no reason. And so I started to wake up in the morning and not really put on makeup and not really put on an outfit and I would be completely fine with it. I would literally feel the same way about myself. My perception of myself didn't change. And so that started to make me think, if I could go on not looking attractive and still feel the same way about myself, then why don't I feel this way when I would go out to the public? A very simple answer is because how we feel ourselves is directly affected by how others feel about us, right? How others perceive us, how others treat us directly affects how we feel about ourselves. And so if we make ourselves attractive to someone and they in turn respect us more and treat us better and give us more time, that naturally makes us feel better about ourselves It makes us feel more confident, more self-acceptance. And that's just kind of like a social commentary that I think should be noticed and we should all be aware of. What you wanna do about it in your own personal life is up to you. So how can you begin to reclaim your power over this form of self-expression such as fashion, especially as a woman, especially as a person with autism? I kind of wanted to get into that as well. Ultimately, I think, a part of reclaiming that power so that it doesn't have a hold on you so that it doesn't have power over you is to simply begin to get to know yourself and to heal your relationship with yourself more really strengthen that bond you have with yourself begin to honor yourself in every decision that you make in life and that includes the decision to wake up in the morning and choose what to wear what you wanna buy, what you wanna wear, how you want to color your hair, cut your hair, what you wanna do with your hair, what you wanna do with your face should always be an authentic expression of yourself regardless of how others are going to react to it how others are going to perceive it how others are going to receive it and i think ultimately what it comes down to is this genuinely your form of self-expression basically is this your choice is what that question is asking if it's your choice then it is your self-expression But if you feel like it's not your choice because you're considering A, B, and C and how they're gonna feel, how they're gonna react to you, and you're changing your decision based off of those people, then it's not really your choice anymore. At that point, fashion and how you look has that control over you rather than you having control over it and using it as a tool belt for yourself, right? What makes you feel good? What makes you feel comfortable? What makes you feel like you're honoring yourself and what you genuinely like and look up to, regardless of how others perceive you. And I think that's how you could begin to reclaim your fashion. You can begin to reclaim your appearance as a form of self-expression. I think reflecting on this, I want to say that for myself, I feel like a good way to know whether or not you're being authentic to yourself is to look back at these pictures of yourself at different aspects of your life and to take notice of how you feel when you see yourself in these pictures. Do you recognize that person? Do you feel connected to that person? If not, then that's kind of indicative on how disconnected from yourself you were at that time and how much of other people you were emulating instead of emulating yourself. So for me, when I look back at pictures of myself in middle school and high school and even college, I felt so disconnected from those pictures. I felt like I couldn't even look at them because I didn't know who this person was. That just kind of shows how disempowered I was at that time and letting my appearance and how others perceive me really control my life and my actions and the decisions I was making, what I was feeding my time, energy, and money into, you know? As I transitioned into this new cycle of my life where I was honoring my appearance more as an authentic form of self-expression, I went through a phase of donating literally donating like 20 bags of clothes and that was also a really good way to bring self-awareness into the fact that i'm literally putting into these bags another person like this person isn't me this person was a perception i tried to build at that time because i would not wear these clothes no way in hell would i ever wear these clothes Ever again. I would even buy clothes that I would never intend on wearing, but because I thought for whatever occasion this would be the perfect thing to wear. And so I donated literally like 20 bags of clothes that didn't feel like me. And I went through a phase of genuinely trying to shop for clothes that the first requirement for me when I was shopping for clothes during this transition into my authenticity and also something I keep in mind now is how will this feel on my body? Is this going to be comfortable? Am I going to feel Feel any sense of discomfort from it. So comfortability is more important than how it looks. Also, am I actually gonna wear this? So before, when I would shop for clothes, I would think, how will this look on me and how will others perceive me when I wear this? Whereas now it's, how will I feel in this and how much will I actually wear this? So I prioritize the effectiveness of the clothing item over how it looks. Now I find myself having a closet full of items that I genuinely like and I genuinely want to wear and feels more authentic to me. I feel like when I look at what I have in my closet, It feels more like me, and I feel like I could genuinely choose something I want to wear. I'll actually enjoy wearing it. It'll feel good on my skin, but also I feel like it expresses myself a lot more, and so I don't have a bunch of outfits that are kind of like rotting away in the corner of the closet. If you found yourself relating to today's topic and you're at that crossroads, Take this video as a sign, you know? Don't be afraid to fill up trash bags full of clothes that you genuinely don't wear and don't know why you bought in the first place. Donate that to your local thrift store and start to buy clothes that resonates with you more, that makes you feel better, both like physically and emotionally and mentally, and can be more authentic to you as a person. But yes, I'm curious to hear from you guys. How much did you guys relate to this video? Did you guys use fashion and your appearance as a means to mask and camouflage? How has that worked for you guys? Was that also used against you when you talk about your autism to other people, whether that's friends, peers, work, or medical professionals? I'm curious to hear about that. I hope that you guys can begin to reclaim your fashion and your appearance and use it as a way to honor yourselves rather than please other people. You are your own unique person. So be as authentic to that unique person as you can because you truly, truly deserve it. If this video was helpful, please give it a like. It really helps boost my channel up. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to my channel. I make new videos every single week. Thank you guys for tuning in on today's episode. I will see you guys on next week's episode. Bye.